0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers
1: Blitz on a Friday. We're fully back in the saddle, fully back in the studios, and because of that, we are back to your regularly scheduled... Get it out I'm now. so excited Get it out I now. can't even pronounce words. <laughs> Your regularly scheduled programming of guests, and one of those guests, he's our good friend of the show, he is our day one, he is our OG, I'm talking to Mr. Brian Backo, of course, covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Backo, what's up, cousin?
0: Oh, man, I'm pumped. Russ texted me earlier this week, said, you guys are back, asked if I could come on Friday afternoon, I was... A bit leery that it was an April Fool's joke, just because it's been so long since since we've it. Guys, I just looked this up. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the last time I was on the show, the Rams hadn't yet won the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson was the quarterback for the Ooh, Seattle Seahawks. It has been. That amazing. sound that, it, that sound pretty accurate. Was not a Steeler, so it's great to be back.
1: All right. So, in the next, uh, you know, 20 minutes here, give us your thoughts on everything that's transpired since the Super Bowl. I mean, you got a lot to touch on. No, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm just... terrible call on that pass interference. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, geez. I would agree. Right, no, D- so defenders up, matter. Yeah, defenders
2: gonna... matter. I would agree with you on that.
1: <laughs> All right. Yes.
0: Let's... Thank you, Mo.
1: Let's start here because we do have plenty to get to um, your thoughts, your thoughts on these overtime rule changes. Is it really that significant? Is, is it really worth devoting a ton of time to? It's only a postseason thing. And we know, yeah, there were multiple overtime games uh, in the postseason this year, but we've also, I believe, before that went a few years with no overtime games. Uh, give us your thoughts on um, maybe the biggest piece of news to, to come out of the owners meetings as it relates to uh, to changes to the overtime postseason rules.
0: I'm I'm kind of over it, honestly. I'm good with with the change that they made because I was in in the camp of the people who watched that Chiefs-Bills game and and thought it was pretty messed up that that's how it ended. So, I I like that both teams are going to get a shot to to have the ball now in in the playoffs when seasons and and legacies are on the line and and careers are on the line and things like that. But, uh, I would have been fine with having it in the regular season, too. I just, like I said, I'm by the entire discussion. I'm, I'm starting to move closer to to Mike Tomlin territory of just whatever, man. Sudden death, it's fine. We're playing a football game. We'll figure it out eventually.
2: I'm glad to hear you don't fear sudden death. I ain't gonna lie, when Coach Tomlin first said it, I was like, Coach, I actually do fear sudden death. Are you talking football? Are you talking just in general? Yeah,
0: outside of football, that's what. of yeah. my biggest fears. Yeah,
2: because Coach talk a little. He always talked that tough talk. It made me nervous sometimes. Like, Coach, you don't got to be 24-7 like this now, okay, baby? <laughs> we can fear it a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if it was uh, if it were sudden death, though, maybe this is where Mike T is coming from. Like, if it were sudden death, it ain't that bad to have Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback when, when all the other teams in the uh, division are these high-powered offenses because all it takes is you win the flip of that coin, Mm. And what do you like to say? Get out of stadium, am I right?
2: No, you're absolutely right about that, man. It's all about getting out of the stadium, baby. Getting out with a W. Um, I did want to ask you a question as well, um, since we were talking about the new stuff that's happened. Obviously, we got the new overtime rule, but we also had the new uh modification to the Rooney rule as well, um, where you're gonna to have to have a minority as a offensive assistant. What are your thoughts on that uh that amendment and do you think it's gonna be effective going forward?
0: I don't know if it'll be effective. I mean, like Mike Tomlin said, he's he's kind of in, I believe it when I see it mode, and and I would say much of the same, although I do think that just the way that the Brian Flores lawsuit rocked the league, maybe that will be the impetus for for real change. And I applaud Mike Tomlin's quote about, you know, he he didn't want him to feel like he was on an island, so that's why he initially reached out to Flores. And then that became a, a coup for the Steelers, just from a football perspective, adding, to their coaching staff. And I also applaud the NFL for, for this alteration of the role, getting the offensive side of the ball specifically involved, because when you talk to people who are critical of, of the hiring processes, that that is one kind of side thing that they bring up is look, most of the, the guys who are getting head coaching opportunities in the league are viewed as these quarterback gurus or bright offensive minds. And, we know that that ladder hasn't been as easy to climb for people of color. So I think this is, for, for a situation where everyone is saying we, we want to find solutions and not just gripe about it, we, we want to actually try to change it and not just complain, at least this is a real step taken to try to make a difference.
1: Hmm. Brian Bacco of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette with us here on the program. Mr. Bacco Steelers have made a... Uh... Safe to say, a, a nice handful of moves here throughout free agency. A couple additions to the offensive line, some additions to the defense. Which move stands out to you as the most shrewd by the Steelers? Which which uh, of these additions, is it Trubisky, is it Miles Jack, is it Levi Wallace, is it James Daniels on the offensive line? Which one of these plethora of of uh, contracts signed by the Steelers has moved the needle the most for you?
0: Yeah, I, I would look at, in general, this free agency period as being not a ton of needle movers, but to use the word you just uh, cited there, Wes, all pretty shrewd signings. Not really low floors, not really high risk maneuvers here, and they they were all pretty affordable. James Daniels is the one who jumps out to me as as kind of the biggest slam dunk of all of them. It's, It's kind of difficult to imagine that not working out for him and them. Miles Jack caught me by surprise a little bit, but Goes to show uh, t- just what Mike Tomlin and-, and company thought of their inside linebacker play last year. So uh, that kind of spoke volumes. Bringing him in. So yeah, I- I'm I'm lukewarm overall on-, on adding Mitch Trubisky. I do think they got him at a very affordable price, though. So I'm uh, from that perspective, I I do commend them. But uh, I-, I just kind of worry about uh, that him as a reclamation project and. I have some reservations about how much of an upgrade he really is over Mason Rudolph.
2: Now, with that being the case, though, do you still think that a quarterback could be in play in terms of the draft?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. That that doesn't necessarily change my and and when, and, and, to, and, well,
2: and actually, let me let me clarify yeah, that as well. Um, not just in play, but I mean, like in terms of that first round or potentially second round do you think a quarterback is in play there, not just necessarily bringing in a guy fourth, fifth, or a camp arm? I'm talking like first two rounds.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. And I still think that if you do that, if you're the Steelers and you're willing to kind of be patient, then maybe you do want a bridge quarterback. And really any team is going to want an insurance policy of sorts. I don't know that I love the idea of we need to pay – Mitch Trubisky to be that guy instead of Mason Rudolph if we're going to draft a quarterback. But I get it from Kevin Colbert's standpoint. He's keeping keeping all options open, which he always seems to do this time of year. So I, I don't think it's uh, outlandish to think the Steelers are, are going to draft one at, at number 20. I feel like they're doing their homework so that they're prepared if a guy falls to them rather than we are you know all in, chips in the middle, trying to find our next franchise quarterback right now because I, I just think like the, the quarterback discussion when it comes to the draft is never really that simple as far as like, okay, well, if there's a guy in this class that you think is can't miss, then, then you need to move heaven and earth to get him. Well, that, that's just – that's not realistic. You weren't going to go trade up to number one to get Joe Burrow two years ago <laughs> even if you loved him and thought he could be the heir apparent to, to Ben Roethlisberger for sure. You weren't going to do that last year with Trevor Lawrence. The, the Niners got – a little bit crazy with what they did to go get Trey Lance so I mean it does happen but I don't see the Steelers doing that I see them trying to squeeze every ounce of, of value that they can out of this draft and if the right scenario presents itself that could mean taking a quarterback
1: so in your mind Mr. Backo I'll give you let's say three different possible scenarios here for pick 20 okay the first is that Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett falls to pick 20, okay? And you can nab them there without having to move up. That's scenario one. Scenario two is you get Jordan Davis at pick 20, right? And then scenario three is uh, you essentially have your choice of wide receivers. Maybe only one, let's say one wide receiver is off the board at pick 20. So which of those three, um, quarterback falling to 20, Jordan Davis at 20, or wide receiver at 20, which of those three would you uh, most want to sign
0: up for? I, You know, I kind of think the Jordan Davis scenario is the most intriguing to me because I, I get it. You know, every year that you don't have a franchise quarterback, you're trying to look for one, and it's it's maybe delaying you becoming a Super Bowl contender realistically. But I, there's going to be more guys like Malik Willis and, and Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral in future drafts, probably as soon as next year. If you're the Steelers, you, you don't really want to be – picking high enough to take one, I guess. But at some point, you've got to cross that bridge. To me, there's just not going to be many humans like Jordan Davis. I I looked this up. I'm pretty sure he is the biggest uh, defensive lineman in the draft since one, Daniel McCullers. And he's he's clearly more athletic and more talented than your former teammate. No disrespect to him, Moats. But uh, it's just – that's the thing. He's such a unicorn in that way that, hey, worst-case scenario – He's going to just be cracking heads on first and second down. And for a team that was the worst in the league against the run, what's the easiest way to fix it? Put a six foot six, 350 pound mountain in the middle of your line that teams can't run against. And best case scenario is you can get even more out of them than, than they did at Georgia. You can look at that four seven eight forty 40 time or whatever it was and say, yeah, we can use this guy on third down to, to get after the passer. So I think that would be. My kind of dream dream situation for the Steelers is that you you luck into Jordan Davis at number 20 and you just have a freak of nature on your defense for the next five years at least. But I wouldn't blame people who think you can't pass up on the upside of Malik Willis if if he's sitting there when you're on the clock.
2: Now, sticking with the Jordan Davis narrative or that angle, would you change your mind if you knew 100% that, Stephon Tua is coming back and he's going to be available to you in the way that we're accustomed to him being available to us. Would that change your mindset on the Jordan Davis move?
0: No, and somebody asked me that in my mailbag this week on the post, because that web Maybe it. it was me. Plug it plug How it, baby. How you know it was in me? Maybe huh? maybe huh? it was Moth on his partner Twitter account. Come on All now. But um, no, see I, I don't think it even hinges on Tua, really, because you need to get younger. On the defense and cheaper on the defensive line, regardless of of whether big number ninety one is is back there. I mean, Tyson Aluwalu, Like, I'd be surprised if this isn't his last year uh, in in a Steelers jersey. You you hope that he can come back strong from that ankle injury. But even if he does, you know, it, he's really getting up there in age. And uh, I, I think you need to get younger and and you need to get better. So you're planning for the future, uh, Cam Hayward is – and Isaiah Loudermilk and now Montrevious Adams, they're the ones who would be under contract for 2023. So you're looking pretty thin there all of a sudden one year after this one. Uh, that's why I would look to infuse some more talent into the defensive line. And somebody like Davis, again, at his size, he might be a generational talent. Devontae Wyatt from Georgia is really good too. So are some of these other guys like Travis Jones. But you get the tackles like them in the draft every year. Um, you you can get someone like that in the first or second round. Jordan Davis is, uh, he's just different. Literally, people like to say built different. This dude literally built different. No, that he is.
1: You do not see many guys his size that move like he does. It's Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. With us here on the Steelers Blitz.
2: Not so many people move like Brian Backo either.
1: Hey, you, ain't, you ain't lying about that. You don't see many media guys who drip like Brian Backo on, hey, exactly. on their way to cover games Come either. On now. I mean, those those Shaler hoodies are nothing to play would with.
0: to run a 40 next to Jordan Davis where he is just like, especially for me at my size or your size, Wes, he's oh. just, uh, he's eclipsing you physically and then I'd just be staring at his big rear end he, for like three seconds as he smokes. Me yeah, down the he line.
1: he weighs about three times as much as we do, Mister. Do you Backo. think you can run as fast as him? West? Heck no! He would smoke me. Are you kidding me? <gasps> All right, I'll just check. I, ask I, him. I bet you maybe the first five ten yards I could hang with him, and then like like Backo said, I'd be looking at his no. big old backside running away from me <laughs> while he's three times my size.
0: That's a tough one, and that's why it's wild because you just see another human being who is. You know, it's two hundred pounds on you, and you're like, "Well, I, I should be able to to, to move." You're like, getting yeah, outrun by a refrigerator. Mission. That's what's happening. You're, you're yeah. being outrun yeah.
1: by a by a GE refrigerator. Whirlpool?
0: Yes, yeah, that that would be tough to take.
1: Uh, Mister Backo, bigger position of need as it stands for you right now: strong safety or wide receiver?
0: Uh geez, that's a tough one, Wes. Um. You know, I, I think it's probably wide receiver, although you, you're you're in a little bit of a similar spot at both positions where it's kind of like, all right, you brought back Carl Joseph yesterday. What does he have left in the tank? Is he just an offseason body, or is he somebody who can you know, actually be plan B uh, if you don't draft the safety or sign somebody else? And at receiver, Anthony Miller is, is that guy to a degree, I and mean, we didn't really see much of him last year, uh, but he's, he's got the pedigree. So uh, I lean toward a receiver because you, you just need, you really need three of them in, in today's NFL. And obviously you need a safety out there at all times as well. But I, I guess I think Carl Joseph could maybe get the job done better than somebody who's currently on the roster at wideout. Uh, it, it's just, I think you can, you can find a day one plug and play receiver on day two of the draft to me rounds two or three it's deep enough. Safety's a little trickier. We know that there were growing pains for Terrell Edmonds when he was an immediate starter in this scheme. And, you know, those those growing pains in some ways lasted until uh, this past season, and that's why they didn't exercise his 5th year option. People haven't really said too much, but I think that's looking like a a bit of a mistake now in retrospect. So, uh, good for T.E. on, you know, proving himself last year, but I'm not sure how this is all going to play out with with him and the Steelers. Um, I, I sort I, with every day that passes. I think it's more likely they will reunite. But uh, the the Joseph signing yesterday gives me a, a little bit of pause. Maybe it shouldn't because he barely got on the field last year, but uh, made me scratch my head a little bit.
2: Now, sticking with the safety market and everything like that, we've been hearing the rumblings about a Tyron Matthew. Um, I think it was what earlier this week talked about. You know, Coach Tomlin personally reaching out to him. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that that's somebody that you would want to be here, or do you think this is a realistic opportunity? Like, what are your thoughts on it?
0: Absolutely would want him here. I just don't know that it's realistic. It it sounds like, you know, hearing through the grapevine that he really wants to cash in on another deal, so that would make me think he's not jumping at the chance to play second fiddle to make a Fitzpatrick money-wise, and he's probably going to get as, as much as he can out of this. Maybe even he wants to go to a contender, although he's already won a Super Bowl. So whoa, whoa, whoa. You, don't, you don't think
2: the Stills are contenders? Is that what you're saying, Mr. Tobacco?
0: Maybe he wants to go to a team that has a quarterback in place that makes them an obvious contender. I thought Mitch the did the that. A bit more for
2: you. Mitch don't do that for us?
0: Uh, I already kind of said my piece on, on oh, Mitch a little man, bit. Oh, man, all right. Uh, on the show here. but um, No, I, I, like, I think the Honey Badger thing makes a lot of sense from a – cultural perspective i think you would fit in here great with your cam haywards and tj watt and, and minka fitzpatrick but uh there's there's just so many teams that are going to be in the market for a guy like that who's so versatile that you can play him at safety you can play him at, at slot you can do all sorts of different stuff with them so i i ultimately i'm not predicting that it's going to happen but i do think it'd be a lot of fun and you know i thought it was somewhat intriguing that of all the uh teams he could have singled out by name he he picked uh he picked up on mike t
1: he clout chasing if you ask me brian Bacco with us <laughs> here buddy last one um that i have for you as uh as we have we've taken up a eh, little too much a little bit too much of his time
0: i mean i would agree it's, yeah. it's friday it's april full like there's nothing there's really nothing going on in the world right i mean who cares?
1: I mean, there there really isn't, other than obviously the quarterback situation and what the Steelers are doing in free agency in the draft. And,
0: and there's nothing even new with that. It's just new speculation every day. Like, that's why I really get a little <laughs> bit worn down at this time of year, at this point, uh, in the NFL calendar. You just want the draft to be here already. You, you know yeah, why you, you get worn me down?
2: Because you media people only like to focus on the negative during the season. Here in the off offseason, it's always happy. It's always positive. And you media people don't like oh, that. That's media. why y'all don't like speculation. That's why y'all don't like when we get to talking about all these different players. They're like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no,
0: no. Not but you. you not like you, like Mr. That like When well, they only make free agency signings, it's kind of like, I, I want to look at it as a prism of like why it could be a, a good fit or why it could go wrong. Not all these guys are going to work out. Like not every single team got better this off season. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. Hope the eternal always in the NFL off And and then once the games start, uh, you, you're right. right. A lot of people focus more on what's gone wrong than than what's going right. But that, that's why it. That, that's why you can sell them hope this time of year.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, sell us some hope then, Mister Backo. If hope springs eternal, is Miles Jack finally the guy to solve the woes of the middle of this defense? You know, the Steelers have been searching um, for a guy there ever since the you know the tragic injury to Ryan Shazier, um, John Bostic, Avery Williamson, Joe Schobert, Mark Barron. I'm probably forgetting somebody else in there as well too. Is Miles Jack finally the guy to solidify that?
0: He's got the best chance of the bunch because all those names that you just rattled off, Mr. Mueller. I think even if we put hindsight being twenty-twenty to the side, none of them brought the same kind of questions as, as Miles Jack. I mean, he's twenty-six. He's he's a young old vet in this league. Um, you know, yes, there are injury concerns. You have to worry that he's lost the step. Um, you know, you just have to have that concern naturally that the Jaguars want to move on from him. Nobody knows their own players as well as the teams that they were just with. But uh, I thought it was encouraging to hear him say that he almost got comfortable down there. He was almost content with, not content because they, they weren't good, but uh, it seemed like he wasn't really professionally motivated all that much anymore playing for the, the Urban Meyer uh, just mess that was happening in, in Duval. So maybe he'll be reinvigorated uh, by having Mike Tomlin as his head coach and all those guys that I mentioned before uh, who are leaders and stewards of this defense. Um, So, yeah, I I think he's got as good a chance as as any of those previously failed is a strong word, but uh, inside backers who didn't have really any staying power here. And, you know, you could actually kind of, in a way, count Devin Bush among that group. He wasn't a free agent signing, but he was supposed to be the guy to, uh, you know, as we were all concerned there, and uh, we know now going into year four that has not been the case.
2: <sighs> Look at you always giving us the the, the the good info and the honesty as well. Love it, love it, love it. Well, final question I have for you, Mr. Batco, is um, looking at the running back position right now, we know we have Najee Harris still. He's the bell cow. He's the guy. Are there any free agent running backs available currently that you would be interested in acquiring? Or do you want to just wait until the draft to get him some
0: help? Not not particularly. And I don't even know that I want to find another draft resource on it. Like, just don't get an undrafted guy who can, you know, help you out a little bit more than, than Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland, maybe. I mean, I, that's easier said than done, of course. But, you know, we've seen James Robinsons of, of recent years make a difference and they didn't even get picked. It's, it's so much about – fit and I think the style of player. We know that Najee doesn't need too much to be taken off of his plate. Maybe even Benny Snell can still do that for one more year, but it, it seems like the ship has sailed on him, making much of an impact. So uh, I wouldn't want to spend much on it in free agency. They kind of tried that last year with Balazs, and he was a forgotten man. Uh, if you want to you know, go with a day three, seventh rounder, guess you could talk me into that, but at, at that point, uh, why not just wait until you see who's left over uh, from this running backs class, and maybe even um, maybe even you can get Najee's back up at Alabama, Brian Robinson, to um, kind of reprise his role as the number two. I'm sure he'll get picked at some point, but uh, if he's there in, in the late rounds, uh, maybe that would be uh, a cool a cool thing to reunite the uh, the crimson tide one two much.
1: Kind enough to give us way too much of his time on a Friday. It's our buddy Brian Backo. He does not do cap. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. He knows how to leave a tender moment alone. Make sure you're showing Mr. Backo some love, contributing to the mailbag and the PG, all that good stuff. Buddy, thank you for your time as always. We appreciate the heck out of you. And have yourself a fabulous weekend. Hey,
0: same to you guys. We'll
1: see you. There he goes, Brian Backo. The Batman. Of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Love that guy. Great stuff from him as always i mean that was very nice of him.
2: He it brings us- the honesty man that's why i love it i'm like yo keep the honesty there baby don't you had it don't you have it for see these you people? though
1: too trying to get your little your little media shots in it
2: bro chill bah, man bah, bah, i'm on bah. team with all media i get it i get it i like bah, i like the bah, media bah. i just i just get tired of the you know the old adage
1: listen i agree. it's the dawn of a new day i agree with you but here's the thing that because it's it's weird right like I think me more so than you would consider myself media. Yeah. But I still don't really consider myself media. I mean, I guess under the broad, I don't consider myself a journalist. A journalist.
2: I think that's the difference. Yeah. Journalist or beat writer.
1: I'm I'm nowhere close yes. to that. Those guys those guys yeah. are in the locker rooms. Well, at least they were in the precedent at times. Right. They travel with the team. They're there almost every day at practice. You and I are down at the facility. At least we were a lot more often in the precedent at times. Yeah. But we don't cover the team in lockstep like that. We're radio hosts. So there is certainly a difference there. Yes. But you know what? Here's the one thing I'll always say. What would you always say? You know, you know, why, the, you know why the beat reporters, they do that, that negativity thing? That because Mr. they
2: ran? can't do it how we do it, player.
1: Well, that, because oh, my bad. I mean, you know, you and I just just supremely talented over it's here. It's because the you zone. carry like,
2: me. I already know how this goes, man.
1: It's because that's what sells, Arthur Motes. I know. That's what the consumer wants as much as a lot of the consumers, not not you, but as much as a lot of people like to complain about it. No, they love it.
2: They love to tune in for that, man.
1: They love to the tune in for the drama. Trust me, I get it, man. And their bothers. Yeah. And their angers. I get it. Trust me, I do. And their why aren't the Steelers doing things the way it, that it, I it, want in them in to do honesty, it? In all
2: honesty, I appreciate the parody.
1: Ah, it's the duality you of man, know, You know, because if
2: all of us were like, you know, us, that wouldn't be fun. So you need that balance. I just don't have to, you know, join in on it. Correct. That's all. Correct. I'm controlling what I can control.
1: It's a pretty it's a pretty cushy position we have here. I would agree. You know, we can just kind of throw darts from our ivory iHeart heart tower here mm-hmm. on Steelers Nation radio mm-hmm. and uh, let everybody else, you know, get down in the mud and get dirty.
2: Yeah, yeah. Y'all do all that fighting and fussing and they don't do this. They do that. Well, I'll just sit here and why. say all happy things. I don't know why
1: you just sounded like Batman there for a quick second. Mm,
2: I wish. They don't do this Mm-mm. at the
1: Post Gazette,
2: but that, they do it at the Trib. That was one of those, this is what y'all always say. I'm like, when y'all always be putting out your opinions. And I think it's also different, too, now because of social media. In the past, 100%. beat writers and journalists, you had to actually go like find their info. Now, they put it out there on social media, just like everybody else. So when you put it out there, it's available to be
1: criticized. And some of them like to tweet a lot. Yep. And pretend that they're always right. Now, obviously, that's not a problem for you and I because you and I are always correct. Only because I hang with you. In our analysis. Arthur Boats, Wesley Euler, it is the Steelers' Blitz on SNR. Final segment. When we come back on the other side, I've got a draft hypothetical that I want to run by Arthur Moats. Okay, okay. We'll also get to all of Yin's reaction. Whoa, whoa. Get those tweets in at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The Body. You're listening to the Steelers' Blitz on a Friday on SNR.